You're listening to Matt Walsh on demand. Jay Severin. When we vote for a president, we vote for someone who may serve four, maybe, maybe eight years. But Supreme Court justices, members of the federal bench, they're there forever. That's why we really vote for president, because of who they'll put on the Supreme Court. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for um, listening. So on Tuesday, <coughs> excuse me, I could edit that out, but I'm not going to. On Tuesday, I wrote a, a, a piece about Bruce Jenner, and all I did was state the obvious. That's all I ever really do. I pointed out that Bruce Jenner is, is biologically, physically, scientifically, chemically, spiritually, logically, all the lees. Uh, he, he, he's still a man by, by any... Uh, definition of the term. No matter how much makeup he wears, how much plastic surgery he gets, he's a man. And even if they Photoshop him to look like a woman, he's still a man. And even if he poses with his um, masculine hands hidden behind his back and his genitals tucked between his legs, he's still a man. He's a man because he's a human. And humans are not gods. We can decide in life where we go, what we do. We, we have a lot of freedom and a lot of um, maneuverability as human beings because, because we have free will. But we do not get, get to decide our own sex or species. Our will is free, but it isn't perfect. And it isn't all-powerful. So we don't get to decide the basic elements of, our, uh, of who we are, our species, our sex, uh, those sorts of things. Now, as I stated, calling Bruce Jenner a woman is an insult to women. He's, he, he's, he's nothing more than an elaborate, part digital, part silicone caricature of femininity. Uh, there's nothing authentic about it, nothing authentic about him when he's playing this character. When you allow a mutilated man in drag to be called woman, you reduce and diminish women. And, of course, naturally, these, these statements of self-evident truths were greeted with hatred and contempt and derision by progressives. And uh, my post where, again, all I really say is men can't be women. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And it, it tells you something very sad about society that that, is, that, that that counts as controversial. I say men are men, women are women, and that's a controversial statement now. So the post went viral. It garnered you know, something like, something like 15,000 comments on my Facebook in less than uh, six or seven hours. And I spent the day sifting through messages and tweets and emails, and many of them very obscene and vile, wishing death on me and my loved ones and, and uh, threatening to boycott me, get me fired, have my social media feed shut down. Um, in my time as a blogger, I've, I've felt the wrath of the hateful progressive hordes on many occasions, but the responses this time around sank to a level that uh, in some cases I'd never before witnessed. Um, and and uh, uh, it was all just the same old thing, especially, you know, I want you trying to get me fired, boycotted, reporting my Facebook page for hate speech, uh, the same old thing. Now, I don't want to rehash 
all of those uh, things or act like I'm some kind of victim here <clears throat> because I'm not. That's not the point here. I know what I'm getting myself in, myself into. You speak the truth, and this is what you get in return. Um, and I'll never apologize for it. I'll never apologize for speaking the truth, and I want you to understand that. The truth is the truth. The truth is all that matters. I, I can't apologize for it. I really can't. I can't apologize for the truth being the truth. And I can't change the truth. I don't have that authority. All we could do with the truth is point it out and say, here it is. And this is why, as I've tried to explain, this issue with Bruce, Bruce Jenner and transgenders, uh, whenever I, it comes up, I engage it and I talk about it. And there are people that say, oh, just leave it alone. Who cares? It's a sideshow. It's a circus. And it is a circus in a lot of ways. But it's an important circus, unfortunately. Because if we abandon truth in our society, then everything is lost. Nothing else matters. Once we abandon truth entirely, once we say truth doesn't matter, once truth is officially exiled from our culture, and you might argue that that's already happened, but once that process is complete, nothing else matters. What else are we going to talk about at that point? Foreign policy, economics, taxes, immigration. We are a civilization that has abandoned truth entirely. We are at our core confused uh, self-obsessed, dishonest. And so what are we arguing about? We're arguing about different ways to, you know, save our country, but our country is lost. So let them in. Let the immigrants in. Let the terrorists do whatever they're going to do. Let, it, let whatever's going to happen, happen. It doesn't matter anymore, don't you see? Once America loses its soul, nothing matters. And so with this transgender thing, this is the, uh, maybe up until this point, the most profound assault on truth that we have ever seen. If we let it slide, then we abandon truth. Um, and so I want to talk today, uh, not, I've already said plenty about the transgender thing. More, more will be said in the future. But I want to talk a little bit about truth and about standing for it. And I don't want to use myself as an example because I risk nothing. You know, I'm not brave or courageous or anything. I'm no hero. I risk absolutely nothing. So I'm not using myself as an example. But our history in America is filled with people who are willing to die for what they believed. And if you go back further than American history, and you think as Christians, if you're a Christian, uh, you, you look at the people in our lineage and what they were willing to do for what they believed. Crucified, stoned to death, burned at the stake, murdered in the most horrific ways imaginable. You think of the apostles, you think of the martyrs, you think of um, you know, one, one story, just of so many, of so many, but one story that, uh, that one of my favorite stories that I, I like to point to when it comes to standing for truth happened about 500 years ago or so. A guy by the name of Thomas More, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, it, just to give you the gist of it, King Henry, at the time, he kept divorcing and um, later murdering his wives because they wouldn't produce him a son. So uh, the problem for King Henry was that the Catholic Church would not allow him to divorce and remarry. So he broke from the church and, at church and declared himself the leader of the church in England so that he could divorce his wives and remarry and kill them or do whatever he wanted. Um, More, Thomas More was the Lord Chancellor and a close friend of the king's. But he was also a man of intense principle. So when the king came to him and asked him to endorse his divorces and remarriages, More refused. And he didn't uh, go on an elaborate crusade against the king. He simply quietly refused to abandon his principles for the sake of this corrupt ruler. He said, I can't do that. And eventually he was tried for treason because of it. They beheaded him. And before he died, he stood before the crowd and he said, I die the king's good servant, but God's first. 
and you could substitute in there, I die the king's good service servant, but truths first, because God is truth. The Catholic Church um, has, has named uh, this this man um, a patron saint. He's a patron saint of politicians. This brave and virtuous man is the patron saint of politicians, which is kind of optimistic, I guess. But there are many stories like this, but this one stands out because he was not asked, Thomas More, to defy his entire faith or all of his principles, um, just, just, want, just one part of it. And he was asked to, to, to basically just say to the king, yeah, do what you want. It's no problem. It doesn't affect me. And this was something that, that, that uh, physically and financially did not affect him. If the king wants to get divorced and remarried, he could have just said, yeah, go ahead, I, I, I endorse it. You have all the power in the world to do that. You're the leader of the church, whatever. Didn't affect him, but he refused because he would rather die because he realized that you cannot take a chunk, however small, out of the truth and expect it to still stand. And our national lineage here in America is filled with people who, who didn't compromise. Our founders were wealthy men, uh, we have to remember, so... They were, for the most part, wealthy and comfortable. They didn't rise up against the crown out of desperation like men who had nothing to lose. Um, they, they had a lot to lose. But the principles of liberty, the principles of truth, were something so important to them that they were willing to risk everything, even their very existence, for the sake of it. And we look at these people, these heroes and martyrs who, who would have who preferred to perish then stay silent, and and uh, they would they would suffer before they would comply with lies, or speak a lie, or agree with a lie. Despite all of that, here we are, many of us, unwilling to risk even a few unkind words for the sake of the truth. We're unwilling to suffer a, a judgmental gaze or you know a side-eyed glance for the sake of being vocal about what we believe and standing for what's right. For the sake of our values, we can't even deal with a little bit of mockery. That's the kind of people we become in this culture. So, you know, people accuse me often of being intolerant. But I know that tolerance of lies, tolerance of untruth, that is a tolerance that's fueled by cowardice. It's not maturity. It's not compassion. It's fueled by selfishness. It's not kindness. Weakness. It's not strength. And I think there's been enough of that kind of tolerance in our culture, enough of this uh, politeness that people are so fond of. And the people in our society who are supposed to defend and spread the truth have been more worried about being diplomatic. They've, they've been more concerned about, about making friends and guarding the reputations. And look where it's gotten us. I mean, just look. Just look at where it's gotten us. This country is at war, but for the most part... The left has been the only side putting up a fight because the rest of us are stripping off our armor and running for the hills because we're so, we're so damn afraid. I mean, this, this transgender thing is just a perfect example. It's one example, but it's a perfect example of it. Because liberals come along and say, hey, men can be women, women can be men, we can decide, we are gods, we can decide our own, our own sex, our own gender. And rather than so many conservatives and Christians and whatever they call themselves standing up and drawing a line and saying, no, 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 no. You cannot do that. I draw the line here. I'm not sorry. No, I'm not going along with that. That's crazy, okay? That is insane. It's wrong. It's a lie. I won't go along with it. The people who think that they can do that are mentally disordered, okay? 
what you are saying is a lie, it's not true, no. Rather than people saying that, and, and a few are, but rather than, than, than most of us saying that, we just run away. And we say, okay, okay, if that's yes, sure, whatever, it doesn't affect me. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And that's always our rationale for just being wusses. You know, all these people that say, oh, it doesn't affect me, man, whatever. You're just a wuss is what you are. You're a wimp. You are a wimp. You are a cowardly little wimp. You are so afraid. You're so scared, aren't you? You are so damned scared. You're like a little boy hiding in a corner, okay, because his daddy just yelled at him. That's what you are. You're a little boy hiding in a corner, cowering. If you think the truth doesn't affect you, then shut up. Then stop talking. You have no, let me tell you something. If you think the truth doesn't affect you, if you think the truth is irrelevant, you're not on my side. I don't want you. I don't want you pretending that you're on my side. Don't call yourself, oh, but I'm a conservative. No, you're not. No, you're, you're not anything. You're just, you're just a nothing. Until you stand for the truth, you're just a nothing. It doesn't affect you. I hate that. I hate that rationale. What, until someone physically comes over and punches you in the face, it does nothing matters? Let me tell you something. If, but if that's your attitude, even when they punch you in the face, you'll do nothing about it. Because these progressives could actually come over and literally punch you in the face, and you would do nothing, you wimp. Even then, you would do nothing. You would run away scared. I'm tired of it. You know, over in Iraq and Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, virtually every other Muslim-controlled con- country, um, Christians are being slaughtered in the street, forced to flee, told to convert or die. Uh, the attacks are violent. The battle is right there in front of, the, front of them. And yet these people stand. They know that they're going to be, that, 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 if, that, that if they stand for what they believe, they're going to be marched off into a beach with bags over their head and have their heads cut off from their bodies. And they still stand up. But really, and I know this is going to sound crazy, uh, it's actually worse. The situation for Christians uh, or lovers of truth in America is actually worse than it is even in the Middle East. And I know that sounds crazy. But if you stand up here and you profess the truth, if you stand up and defy the culture, uh, if you are truly countercultural in this nation, you won't be killed for it. That's true. And, and in the Middle East, that will happen. And it makes it sound, you know, and you would think, well, it's, it's a lot worse there. And I'm not, and I'm not diminishing what, what's going on there. But I'm saying the situation is more dire here precisely because we're much more comfortable. So people are not losing their lives because of what they believe, but they are losing belief itself. Okay. You're not losing your life if you stand for truth, but instead we are losing truth itself. And in the process, we lose our souls. Because, and this is, this is the reality of it. And again, this is not meant to diminish at all what Christians in the Middle East are going through. It's unimaginable. It's unimaginable. But when a Christian is told to convert or die, and he doesn't, and he's killed, he's lost his life, and that's a great tragedy, but he has not lost his soul. He has, he has retained his soul. And, and I'll tell you this, that every single Christian who dies for the sake of his faith, uh, they, they, are, they are all in heaven right now with the Lord. Every single one of them. But in this country, what Christians are doing instead, and they're, they're all keeping their lives, yeah. We're all, we all have our heads on our bodies, don't we? We're all very comfortable and fat and pudgy in this country. But we're losing our souls, which is worse. Because when you lose your soul and then you die, you go to hell. And like I wrote about earlier in the week, hell exists and so does Satan. 
And when you give up your soul, that's where you go. Our culture is sending a lot of people to hell because it's convincing us, the culture is, to live these selfish, godless, hateful little lives. It's convincing us to slip under this warm blanket of Netflix and internet porn and to forget that we're all designed for greater things. We have so much in this country, all of us. We're so protected. We live in such luxury, yet, yet, yet we have turned our backs on truth. We have dethroned truth. We put ourselves in, in its place. So you look at where we are. A million babies killed every year. A horrible, As horrible as that is uh, for the children that are murdered, the worst part of that tragedy is that it's either explicitly or implicitly endorsed by millions of people in this country. The, uh, millions. Millions are either strongly in favor of or indifferent to the mass slaughter of infants. And that's worse, again, than even the, the murder itself because the people that, that endorse it, the people that accept it, are losing their souls and are walking towards damnation. Meanwhile, 40% of births are out of wedlock. The divorce rate is 50%. Church attendance is dwindling. A- atheism and agnosticism are rising. Many of us have given up on striving for what's right and true, and, and we've even given up on guiding our children in that direction. And that's all, you know, that's all bad. Those are bad things. But the good thing is that there's still hope as long as there's truth. And there will always be truth as long as there's God. And God is eternal and so is truth. And so our trust is in truth, in God. And if we trust truth, if we trust God, um, then we also have to trust that we were put on this earth, you know, us specifically, right here, the people who are, who are you know, you and me. We, we were put here to fight this battle, the battle that we're facing right now in our culture. We were put here to fight it. We've been sent from heaven to, to heed the, the call of this moment. And we are called to be uh, warriors in defense of truth. We have no choice in the matter. We either com- cooperate and comply with our culture we march silently into our own damnation or we fight back and fighting back and resisting are always extremist acts but that's what we're supposed to do radical acts remember our history was written by radicals problems are solved by by radical people by warriors things are accomplished by radicals what you know th- this is this is not a moment in, in history for moderate people this is a moment for people who go all in and that's what all the significant people, you know, where is the significant historical figure who was not a radical, who, who didn't fully invest in what he was doing? Where, where's that person? They don't exist because history remembers the fighters. And we should be willing to fight and to give up everything for what we say we believe. And we have to reach a point where we're tired of our country being ruined by these jelly-spined weaklings who don't have the guts to stand for anything. And I don't care what it is, a whole bunch of nothings who will invest, who will not invest in anything. They won't invest in being a parent. They won't invest in being a spouse. They won't invest in being a conservative. That's what they call themselves, or a Christian. People who live their entire lives trying to straddle some arbitrary line that they've drawn in the sand. But the line doesn't exist. And we need to smack some sense in these people. And be passionate and be loud. And be willing to stand firm. Passion. You know, I, I, there are, I have, there are a lot of problems with me. I'm a very sinful person, uh, and I can be very weak in some respects. 
But the one area where I don't lack is passion. And so sometimes I, I, I struggle to understand people who lack passion. Because when it comes to these debates and ideas and things, that I, I get very passionate. And there are people who try to discourage my passion, but these are weak-minded moral midgets who do that, who, who don't like passion, who it makes them uncomfortable. You know, they say, well, stop yelling. Stop, you just say, I don't like it. No, passion for truth is what's needed. We need to have that. We need to have the courage of our convictions. We have to go all in on what we say we believe, no matter what it is. And I say this all the time, even, even to progressives. And on a day-to-day basis, if we go all in, you know, if you're a husband, you stick by your wife. You're crazier about her. You're an extremist. You'll never let it fall apart because you love her. If you're a wife, you stay by your husband no matter what. You're radical in your devotion to him. Whatever you are, whatever you say you believe, be it. Believe it. And if you're a Christian, then you pick up your cross and you follow Christ up the hill to Calvary because that's what we're called to do. Because that's what we are. That's our identity. That's what we're supposed to do. That's who we're supposed to be, damn it. So let's be it. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. Um, You know, we will just... uh, I think I blacked out a little bit. What, what, what just happened in the last 20 minutes? I will, uh, I'm just going to leave it there and we'll, we'll, we'll talk again next week. Akruche Salus. God bless everybody. The Blaze Radio Network.